0: Morning, Hope Elam. I kind of like having this table, you know, I like having a little bit of notes. You guys, a lot of times don't see me with notes, but sometimes I'd be on fire and these notes keep me on track. Um, thank you guys for being here today. The, the, on a funny note, just to open up. You guys remember that Christmas song? I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I have to get away. And I started to think about that. And so I just want to say thank you guys for coming because I know it's cold outside. And you guys didn't have to be here, but you guys chose to be here. And so that means you guys are supposed to be here to hear what God has for you. Um, Before I open up, this, is, this isn't my text yet, but I wanted to read something real quick, because I believe it's for somebody in the room. I know it's for me. Um, the worship team did amazing. I just think it's something for those real quick that are online. Thank you as well for joining us. Um, hope you're warm, and um, hope God speaks to you too. So we just had some baptisms. Johnny said, what 18 new people to the kingdom of God. And that's something to be praised and be glorified. Because they were living in darkness. There was a darkness, there was a dark life that they were in, but then they were transferred into the kingdom of light. And that's powerful. And I just think about baptism and what it symbolizes. Going from death to life. Now think about Jesus when he was getting ready to start his earthly ministry. He went to John the Baptist and he got baptized. And he got baptized, but the Bible says that a dove ascended from heaven, descended from heaven and landed on him. And that dove represented peace. And so I don't know where you are in your life, but if you have been baptized, if you have been made new with Christ... You should have peace. The things that you used to do, the old things, the old person is dead and gone. No longer lives. It doesn't have to hold you hostage anymore. But your new life has begun. The new life for freedom. And so I just love that beautiful picture there of the dove coming down. So may God's peace rest upon you today. And so... Today we're going to be talking about one of our 10 for 10 goals um, today, and one of, that, and that is uh, being bridges of harmony, which is being a unity agent. What does that actually mean? What does that look like in the body of Christ? My hopes is that your heart will be postured to receive what God has for you today. But I really wanted to open up with a, a scripture that the Lord took me to this morning in James 5. James 5, uh, uh, verse 13. I'm going to use my phone, so bear with me. The power of prayer, okay? Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. See, I believe in the power of prayer. We live in a world where there's so much pain, division, hurt. And in the midst of that, there is love, there is joy. But if we can be honest, the last several years have been heavy for a lot of us. And so for us to be able to navigate in this world with the, with the fiery darts of the, of the enemy coming at us, we have to have prayer. I think about KJ, Senior Post, about his incident that happened. I can imagine where you were, Bethany, where you were praying for God to just move. Like the prayers of the righteous, they avail of much. And today we have KJ, Colorini. He's always front row. This is testament to the, the power of prayer. If it's one thing that we could do to be the bridge for other people, let's pray. I feel like sometimes we feel like we can't. How do I, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Just pray. Just pray. Because if you are in right standing with God, you have some power behind that prayer. So I don't know who needs to hear that, but if you are in right standing with God, you know that he's a healer. You know that he is a redeemer. You know that he's a savior because you witnessed it for yourself. When you open up your mouth, And you pray to your heavenly father, think shift. So catch that today as we talk about being bridges of harmony. Now, the first thing I want to talk about why that's so important is because in God's word, he calls us to be one, unified as a body. And matter of fact, here's the reason why it says Jesus is speaking here. He says, heavenly father, I pray that they all will be one. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Don't miss that part. So that the world will believe you sent me. How we live amongst each other, how we love each other, how we treat each other. When we're in perfect harmony, When we're moving, when we're in sync, when we are flowing in our gifts, when we are one, the world will look at the church, this body, and say, There must be a God. Look how they love each other. Look how they care for one another. Look how patient they are in suffering. She didn't waver, she didn't run, she dropped to her knees. She prayed. So Jesus is saying he prays that we would be one. Shouldn't we pray for unity as well? Think about it. It's not super deep. It's practical. Many of us know that we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the prayers of other people praying for you. You remember where you were, where God found you. When you needed some food and you prayed, somebody brought you a hot plate. Or maybe you were in a situation that was broken, but God came and he restored it. See, there's power in prayer. And this is why Jesus is praying, because he is righteous. So he knows when he prayed, something's going to shift. And so here's the cool thing about God. He wants the world to believe us, He wants the world to believe that he was sent. And he does that through the body of Christ. I love here in Romans 12, and this is our text today. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Then it finishes off here. It says, do all that you can. To live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Now, when I hear that, y'all, I don't know if you're like me, I don't know if you got flesh on you, but when you hear live in peace with everyone, you're like, dawg, I don't know, because there's some people. That is, when you get around them, your peace is disturbed, you get distracted. Think about life and how the enemy, he is always working to stir up some type of dysfunction to disturb our peace. Soon as you get to laying down, soon as you start to get the money, soon as you start to get the blessing, something happens. And a lot of times, if we're not careful, we would start to We will start to pay back evil with more evil. See, the Bible talks about how we are sinful from nature, meaning your slant is to cuss somebody out. Think about it. Your slant, your, your first reaction, your normal reaction is to be selfish. Your normal response is to be jealous, instead of praising other people and being happy for other people. Why? Because we are born sinners. And so Jesus is saying, or Paul is talking about in this text, he says, do not be too proud to hang out with ordinary people. I know that you came up a little bit. I know that you used to be there and now you're here, but all because you're here doesn't mean that you're better than them. And sometimes I think we forget where we used to be I know sometimes I do And you know how we you know how we you know how we know that we forget because we can see the mercy and the grace we extend to others And I know it's hard a lot of times to be at peace with people that are disturbing your peace cuz let's be real y'all People are hard to deal with. <laughs> Different personalities. Some people are quiet. Some people are loud. Some people, some people are takers. Some people, and let's be real, some of us have ran into betrayers. And here Paul is saying, live at peace with everyone. I mean, there's a couple people I'm cool with, but everyone? Yes, and Paul is saying, as believers we got to focus on being bridges of harmony. Being bridges and extend love to one another. And here's the thing about a bridge. I'm going to break down a little bit here about bridges and barriers. Because in life, we can sometimes see a bridge as a barrier. Let me backtrack. Sometimes we can see a bridge as a burden. When the body of Christ, people of us, children of God, when we are trying to do the right thing and people keep betraying us, people keep disturbing our peace, people keep calling us names, people keep disrespecting us, and then the Bible calls us to continue to love our enemies and forgive those that trespass against us, it gets weighty sometimes. I don't know about y'all, but I've had to be a bridge for so, for so long where I had to turn the other cheek over and over and over. And a lot of times you can get weary because being a bridge isn't easy. You know, maybe some of you guys in here are, have been a bridge for your mom your dad, maybe it's your cousins, where you had to stand in the gap. I think about Ezekiel 2230, where Jesus was talking to Ezekiel. He's like, listen, I'm looking, but I can't find anyone to stand in the gap. And during that time, Israel was living in sin. And there was so much destruction going on, a lot of sin going on. God couldn't find one person to stand in the gap, to bridge the gap. So God's wrath had to come upon Israel. And I think about in your life, and I want to ask you this question right here is, where do you need to stand in the gap at? Where maybe you have decided not to to stand in the gap anymore because of all the times they betrayed you, all the times they lied to you, all the times they said they were going to pay you back. And now you're tired of being the bridge. So, because you got weary and because you got tired, no longer do you want to be a bridge. You become a barrier. See, church, when we get, when we have um, problems and tri- trials and tribulations in our life, the devil is trying to find a way to get into your heart. He wants to cause you to be bitter. He wants you to leave your watch post. He wants you to stop interceding for the body of Christ. He wants you to stop interceding for people that hurt you. See, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. See, he's a bridge breaker. Sin is a bridge breaker. And so when we get, when we we are betrayed, sometimes we can allow bitterness and resentment again into our hearts. And now we are a barrier to people. As the body, I don't know what you've been through, but I want to encourage you to be a bridge and not a barrier because a lot of times in the body of Christ, we won't love people because we've been betrayed and we've been hurt by so many people. And so now we've stopped praying for our neighbor. So now we've stopped interceding for our neighbor. Now we've stopped giving and doing what is honorable for our neighbor because of that bitterness and we become a barrier. Church, this is not a deep message. God wants us to be bridges. He wants us to be people that when people meet us, when people meet us, have an interaction with us, they get to experience Jesus. So not a bridge, if you don't wanna be a bridge, and you are stuck being a barrier, I want to give you a story real quick. God took me to Matthew 23. Now, if you've ever read Matthew 23, it is all red, the entire chapter, which means Jesus speaks the entire chapter. It's the only chapter in the Bible where it's just red. And honestly, I'm not going to lie to you, it's one of my favorite chapters, because Jesus is going off. He is tired of the Pharisees being hypocrites. And he says this to the, about the Pharisees, to the Pharisees, he says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? He says, you hypocrites. For you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, and you won't go in yourselves, and you don't let others enter as well. So check this out. What is he saying here? When we are when we're called to be bridges, And we've allowed bitterness to get into our heart because we've been betrayed. So then we start to live in disobedience and say, no, I'm done. I'm not going to love my neighbor. And then we've become a barrier. The Pharisees and the people of religious law were supposed to be people that were a bridge. But they got puffed up because they thought they were better than everybody. They thought that, well, since we're the one that know the word, People need to come to us, and what they would do is they would, put these heavy, they would make these rules that were unbearable for people to even meet. And so instead of people actually experiencing the grace and the mercy and the love of God, they became a barrier. Now people were stuck in their dysfunction. People could not receive mercy, so now they had shame and guilt. So Jesus was calling them hypocrites because sometimes in our walk, we can become hypocritical. We can say we love Jesus, but don't extend it. We can say, we can try to say we received the mercy from God, but God was like, if you did, you would give it. And so like the Pharisees, sometimes we can become a barrier instead of a bridge to the kingdom of God. hypocrisy is probably one of the worst, worst things in the world because it's deception. We, we tend to look the part, but we're not really the part. We say that we are saved. We say that we love the Lord. And oftentimes, God is looking down and he says, but you didn't love your neighbor. But you're you you you're still holding on to bitterness, you still haven't forgave. And so we've looked apart instead of actually being apart. And so since we looked apart, and actually the part would become a barrier and now, God can't do what he wants to do in this person's life because that person has gotten church hurt. That person has decided to leave. That person has decided, I'm tired of actually going across this bridge because of so many barriers. How about I'll stay on the on this side of my dysfunction? I'll stay in my mess. I'll stay in my hurt. Because every time I go there, they judge. Because every time I try to speak up, they never listen. Every time I try to call, no one picks up. Every time I go to church and I ask questions, I never get the answers that I want. I'm tired of being on the bridge. I'll stay on this side. So, people of God, let's not become hypocritical. Let's be people that walk with Christ. And here's Romans 12, the other part of my text. He's, this is Paul again. He says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God, for the scriptures say, I would take revenge. I would pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, Give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their head. And he says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. If you're not doing good, then you're being conquered by evil. It says it here in the text. Don't let evil conquer you, but you conquer evil by doing good. When we are doing good, when we are helping the poor, when we are giving to those that are less than, when we are helping people that have been betrayed and we are praying for those that need prayer, we're doing good things. We are, we are overcoming evil. We are conquering evil. But when we decide, I'm not going to do that. I'm above that. You know what? I'm good. we are, we become a barrier. And now we are being conquered by evil. And that's a dark space to be in. I want to say this. Another barrier, just before I get off this topic, is us continuing to live in our sin. Sometimes we can live a life that appears to be righteous, but have secret sins that tend to darken our mind And now our discernment's off. And we think that we are being a bridge, but sometimes because of our behaviors, because our actions don't line up with our words, we end up being a barrier. We we become a stumbling block, the Bible says. And I'm just here to, I just stopped by, like Brian would say, I just stopped by to tell you guys, get right with God. Because there's people in your life that God wants to save through you. See, Jesus, I love Jesus. In Genesis, God, like, right, you know the story of Genesis, right, that God created us in his image. We were in the garden. We were in this life of beauty, prosperous, abundant, but then sin came into the world. It's my earring. Okay. Excuse me. Now I going to hear that again. <laughs> Sin came into the world and it divided us from God. So there was a separation, but then Jesus, then God sent Jesus to come into the world to be that bridge for us. So it's the blood that became a bridge. So we can actually be connected to our father in heaven. And I just want you guys to know that if Christ was the bridge for us, he expects you to be a bridge for others. It's not even an obligation, but sometimes we make it an obligation, and I think about Martin Luther King. I love this quote here, and I'll just say it because as we celebrate tomorrow, the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I think about what he says here. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. There's a lot of hate in the world, and the world needs a lot of love. There's a lot of darkness in the world. The world needs a lot of light. As believers, Christ has called us to be the light, to stand in the gap, to be a bridge for those that are hurting. And Martin Luther King, he did this so well. And trust me, I'm sure it was tough for him to be a bridge because he was jailed a lot of times, beaten, death threats, When you are a bridge, it comes with a burden. As Jesus says, those that will come after me, he says, they must take up their cross and follow him. The cross is heavy, y'all. The call that God has laid on your life, it's heavy, y'all. And I think sometimes we feel the weight and we're walking it out and it gets heavy. And so instead of carrying our cross, we take off the cross. We take off the cross and we lay it down because our knees have gotten weak. We have become weary. But Galatians 6, 9 says, do not stop doing what is good. Because in the right season, you will reap a harvest if you faint not. And I don't know where you are in in, in your life right now. Maybe there's some heaviness. Maybe there's some things going on that you haven't told anybody that you've been carrying by yourself. I get it. Sometimes the church is not a bridge, it's a barrier. And it's hard to find people that would really support you. It's hard to find people that would be in community with you and carry your burdens with you. I get it. For many years, I didn't go to church. Because I was scared of the judgment. I was scared of... What if I don't hit the, what if I don't do everything right? But at some point in your life, you can't just stay on this side of the bridge. I wish I would have had this in my text, but I'll say it because the Lord reminded me. Sometimes we see the bridge, but we're just refusing to go across. Like, They've extended help to you, but you refuse to get the help because you're hurt. And we push away the thing that God is using for you to get to the other side. And so sometimes we rather stay in our dysfunction instead of being delivered. And maybe you're there where you know that God has been speaking to you. You know that God has been sending prophetic words to you telling you to stop living this way. Confess this. Do that. I want to let you know he's trying he's building a bridge of freedom for you. I think sometimes we get so stuck in our guilt and our shame because of the things and the mistakes that we've made that we can't even move forward. We're tired of trying, and so every time we tried to cross the bridge, the bridge was damaged. It it needed some construction. So you went across the bridge, but when you started to climb on the bridge and walk on the bridge, it was kind of shaky. Can I be real? I'll call it how I see it, and this is why I love this house. The church, we're called to be a bridge and to build bridges in our community. It's a both and. Some bridges, churches, are a little shaky. We're just being real. A lot of people have tried to go to church and they didn't feel the love. So they stopped going to church because the church wasn't a bridge, it was a barrier. And so now they don't want to try anymore. And that's when you get people that are trying to deconstruct their faith. You guys hear about that? They'd rather say, you know what, I'm not going to do this faith thing right now. I'm going to figure this thing out by myself. So, church, I call us to be a bridge in this season, in this world, in our community, because God is up to something. And I want this question to rest on you right now. In 2024, will you be a bridge or will you be a barrier? So one thing that bridges do, they connect. They connect what is separate. Matter of fact, we live in a city that has so many different bridges. And in this picture here, anybody know what this bridge is called? The Woman Achievement Bridge. And oftentimes when we're on this side of town, my wife, Amber, she would always want to stop at that bridge just to check it out. For one, it's beautiful. Look at it. But because it means something. Because in the world, it hasn't always been fair for women. It's been a man's world. But this organization is called Women Lead Change, where there's women rising up, stepping up, leading in change because they are sick and tired of the pain. They're sick and tired of the injustice. They're sick and tired of not being equal. So this bridge was built in honor of women that have built bridges in the community. They have decided to step forward, to use the gift that God has given them to be a bridge so many other people can cross. So my question to you was real simple. But waity, will you, Hope Elo, will you be a bridge or a barrier? Think about Jesus. In a book full of commandments, this is the one commandment he left us with, a new one. He says in John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I loved you so you must love one another. Sometimes I think we forget the love that was extended to us. That God in his holiness did not have to be with people that were living a life that was unholy. Decided to look down, decided to say, You guys are worth loving because you are created in my image. So he says, no, I need you to love your neighbor because I've loved you. Yes, I know that it's been hard. Yes, I know that you have been dealing with some dysfunction. Yes, I know that there have been some bridges that you've crossed that have hurt you and that you're, you're, you're still trying to get across. I get it, but I still need you to love. Because there's people, remember our first text, that need to know that my son was sent to the world. This is not even about us, Opila. God chose to to allow us to participate with him. And what he was doing. And what he is doing in the earth. So this barrier thing. Jesus came and already destroyed the barrier was sin. That was the barrier between us and God. Because bridges don't only connect, they allow us to communicate. It allows us to be able to interact with our Father in heaven. If there was no Jesus, because remember, he is the way, the truth, and the life, there's no conversation with God when your prayers go up. But because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, rose on the third day, and now he was seated up next to the Father on his right side, he's interceding on your behalf. And we're still today benefiting from that bridge. The work that Dr. King did, the bridge that he was, we are still benefiting from that bridge. There's bridges around the city that were here long ago that we're still benefiting from. After you're gone, will your presence and what you've done for other people, actually the things that you do for other people will outlive what you do for yourself. If you really want to make a change, build some bridges. I see here in Romans 12, this is why you should. Paul's saying, he says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all of, all of what he's done for you, what he says is, all the mercy that was extended to you. He says, let your body become a living sacrifice, pleasing and acceptable. That is your reasonable service. This is truly the way to worship him. He says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Yeah, the world says eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But God says, we will turn the other cheek. But he goes on to say, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I'm letting you guys know the only way to fulfill the call of being a bridge is by intimate time with your father, spending time in his word. You growing into more of the image of Christ, and then he'll change the way you think. The way you handle your battles, the way you think about your situation, the way you look at others. It'll be different. You can't do that on your own strength. He says that once you do these things, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. The perfect will of God only can be understood by a transformed mind. And the reason why I want us to grab that today is because no longer can we continue to be barriers in the body of Christ. No longer can we block off the the love and just keep it to ourselves. We live in a hurting world full of death, full of hurt, full of pain, full of sorrow. God needs as many bridges and bridge builders to rise up and stand in the gap for people. My last one here is just a picture of us, Hope Elam. I think we've been doing an amazing job the last several years of being the bridge to our community. People that have made sacrifices, the times, talents, and treasures. People that have decided to do, be on the prayer team and be up here praying for you guys. Or if it's us in the comments and we're eating a good meal from Miles. Here I believe and I truly believe that we have been fulfilling the call of being a bridge to our community in Romans 12, 4 and 5, it says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so is it with Christ's body, this body. We are many parts of one body and we are all and we all belong to each other. I just want to let you guys know. All because you see me up on this stage or John or Brian or who else? Bonnie gets to be on this stage. I just want to let y'all know it's not about us. Yes, we play a role into this body functioning. But we're never too proud to come down. Let's be a body that is walking in humility. Where we stop and we check on each other. I love the you know what one one place that I love checking out when I come here is just the youth. I see these kids, they're always locked in on their coloring and they're doing vacation Bible school. And obviously I have my my son, he's 11. And I see the youth rising up in such a way that it's going to bring transformation to our communities, to our schools. And for some of us, even our families, like, I don't know about y'all, but my son has been a bridge for me. In times where I didn't believe that I was good enough, my son would stand in the gap and say, Dad, you're good. You don't have to be in the body of Christ for 20, 30, 40 years to be a bridge. You were born a bridge. The thing that God placed on the inside of you, that Holy Ghost on the inside of you, would allow you to be able to carry the burdens of others. It will allow you to be able to be strong in times of trouble. Hope Elam, thank you for allowing me to be a bridge in this church. Thank you for all that has trusted me over the years to pour into you. And my hopes is that as a body today that we could not only be one body, but that we can also praise God with one voice today. Thank you, guys.